Hello, everybody. Alpha Tau here, your host, Tim Haddon. Wanted to add uh, something to our podcast for your listening as you drive or as you're exercising, whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. I managed to clean up the audio versions of Verbal Bean's Prayer, and I was able to get the majority of the hiss out and a lot of the distortion. And uh, I know that uh, Holy Ghost Radio also provides a cleaned up edition. I did pay $5 today uh, before I uploaded what I had produced to kind of see how they compared. Theirs is very good. Uh, I just was able to get the bulk of the hiss out of the audio recordings. And uh, I'm breaking these into segments because uh, it appears that they're not really in order. But uh, I'm going to be trying to put these up for you to listen to, to have a clean version to go through. And I uh, hope that it's a enjoyable experience for those of you wanting to listen to an edition of Verbal Beans Prayer Series. All right. Hope you enjoy. Blessed means, amen. Blessed is the man whom God chooses. He says, Come in. I trust you. I, I can trust you with a burden. You won't shut it. You won't say I'm too tired. You won't excuse yourself that you're too busy. I trust you. You come in the copy. The need is great. Praise God. Oh, heaven help us. I wish that it would quit us and remember this. The book said, without question, when Zion prevailed, she brought forth her children. When you ever reach that intercessory spirit for a soul, you can just about guarantee you're fixing to get that. I never have brought to intercession, but I didn't get results. Never have in my life. All right? Thank you, sir. You certainly can, brother. We were in the revival service several years ago. The first one there, there was one teenage boy coming to the altar. At the end of two weeks of revival services, there were 20 or more at the altar every night. But we hadn't had a breakthrough at all as far as anyone receiving the Holy Ghost. We had the service that night. God moved the altar, filled up. But there was no one that received the Holy Ghost. There were several that had already stopped praying. All of a sudden... A burden of intercession hit the pastor's wife. She began moaning, groaning, travailing, and almost rolling on the floor as though she was in agony. Travailing. There were some that had not even gone to the altar that night. One young lady in particular that hadn't even gone to the altar. But by the time that service was over. This young lady had run to the altar. She had been filled with the Holy Ghost. Two others were filled with the Holy Ghost that night that very likely would have stopped praying. The revival was continued for an additional week as a result of that break, and there were 13 filled with the Holy Ghost during uh, that night and the balance of that week. One year after that, I talked to the pastor. I said, how are those folks doing to receive the Holy Ghost in the revival? He said, all 13 of them are still going on for God. That if it hadn't been for that sister getting under a burden intercession, that break would have never come. 
What do you suppose an ad- the attitude you should have that will always be available for God to talk to you about one of these channels? Do you think you're being foolish and carnal and, and uh, carrying on your frivolity? Do you think that entices the spirit of prayer? Or would you think an attitude of prayer? I believe there's an attitude of prayer. I believe there's a spirit of it. You may not be praying all the time, but the spirit of it's with you. Amen. Brother, a pre-made statement here that every man's got a handle on Well... We, we should have, let me use that same statement in reference to those who God uses in prayer. If he uses you, you've got to have a hammer available. You can't just uh, run wild all day and then all of a sudden, man, I feel a burden. It doesn't work that way. That's why the Bible said to a preacher to shun vain and profane battles, that's the lead of the more ungodliness. That doesn't mean you can't laugh at all. But did you know you can get so frivolous, the spirit of prayer will leave you. It will not abide with the unconcerned, unconsecrated heart. It will stay there. It's got to have that heart sensitive and an attitude. And if you desire anything or attain, let it be in this. Please. Let it be said of you. That's a praying man. Not for the honor that's involved, as the Pharisees desired, but I'd rather it be said of you he was a praying man than a preacher, a great preacher. Because a praying man can produce, or a preacher can. And that's not nearly right, that's right. Better, positively right. Proven to be right. I believe you know that, but Peter said we write these things unto you, though you'd know them to put you in remembrance. Now, Thanksgiving, this is a, it's, a, it's almost a, like Channel 21 on the CB. It's hardly ever used because it is seemingly out of place when you go to pray. Now, if they were singing, I'll fly away, fine. Or uh, if they had it pepped up real good, fine. But Thanksgiving in my personal prayer life, I'm going to tell you what, you're missing many answers unless you understand that there are times when God will not take supplication. He will not take prayer. He will not take intercession. The only thing he'll receive is thanksgiving. There are times when you kneel before him that he'll take nothing but thanksgiving. You're wasting your time. Well, I've gone to him and puckered up to squall about something I really needed, and it wouldn't cry. All I could feel was, thank you, Jesus. The channel he wanted me in was praise. And you see, when I obey and fit in that, I don't need to ask at that moment. One missionary said she was desperately praying for a specific need, and all of a sudden in a vision an empty basket dropped in front of her. And she said, Lord, what does that mean? He said, fill it with praises and I'll answer your request. Oh, we could get so much more from God if we understood that. And and sometimes it's hard to do that because you need this, man. Looks like it's going to fall in on you. And you kneel down there and you think, surely I ought to pucker up and cry. But I get my face all screwed up and it won't even work. Well, can I get a little supplication in the hand? No, it won't work. Get dead in streets. 
until all of a sudden you feel something begin to roll inside to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Evangelist told this on my wife's grandfather. She was, he was preaching revival for Dad Kilgore. He was in the church praying one day, and Dad Kilgore came in, knelt down, and for one hour, he did nothing but say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Didn't ask for a thing. Man, that's wasting time. I need to get in there and get some things asked so I can hurry and get out of here and get all this done. I tell you, the quickest way to get your answers is to come like he's taking you. If he's wanting Thanksgiving, man, you better just straighten your face up and get you some words of praise. Uh, and he'll he'll answer your request. Fill the basket with praise. I mean, I, I just, yeah, but you don't have seriousness. It don't make a difference. Did you know what I believe happens sometimes? I believe that's where faith goes in here. It's when you could quit squalling or quit begging and quit asking and just go to thinking. Faith went into gear right then. You just shoved her in grandma. And things are fixing to happen. Oh, I believe it. I believe God requires that sometimes of our faith is to not ask for anything but trust that he will do it. And again, remember now, when I get to some other points, I don't want you to think I'm contradicting myself. It's going to get to some points where I stress the fact we need to specify and ask certain things. But if God's not taking who am I to judge? Who am I to say, I'm just, uh, I'm going to do it my way, Lord, and you're going to hear me. You can't threaten God. You just got to take him just as he's, if he reaches the golden scepter out there, you, you accept him on his terms. And you'll get far more results, and after all, surely that's what you're praying for, is divine results. All right, let's go to the steps to successful prayer. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 19. Oh Lord, here, step number one. O Lord, forgive. What's the next one? Hearken. And do. And then defer not. Now you will understand that I do not mean that these are the exact words you repeat. Not at all. I'm sure that you would understand that when you go to God. But this is the steps, however you word it. This is the first step to approach God. Oh God, hear me. Now does it seem strange to you that he says hear and then he says hearken? You've got to realize there's such a thing as hearing without hearkening. I could tell one of you to uh, do a certain thing or come here. You heard me, but you didn't hearken to me. It's a difference. And it seems a little technical to mention this in prayer, but it's important. And if you could learn it, I'll guarantee you'll start. If these points tonight can sink in deep enough, I'll guarantee you'll start seeing some answers shortly of things that you really wanted from the Lord. 
was here. Now that simply means, God, let me get your attention. You've got to have his attention before you can get an answer from him. Now how do I get his attention? Now write this down because I may ask you this. I'm not sure I give a test or not, but, but I want you to get this if you don't get nothing else. Here. Now Lord, let me get your attention. How do I get God's attention? Did you know how to get his attention? It's for him to get your attention. When he's got your attention, you've got his attention. A divided mind, a scattered thought, a casual approach with your mind running about 40 miles an hour, you're not going to touch God nor get his attention. Your approach to God must be with a single heart, a single eye. It's got to be that. God will not accept it. Your example in the Old Testament. Your example of this is found in the Old Testament where the priest went in to the holy place and veils were all around him. He could not see outside. He was enclosed. The scripture that backs this up, you may want to make a note of it, is when you pray, enter into your closet. But that doesn't mean go in the closed closet. It means get everything else shut out. Now, you've experienced this, I'm certain. Have you ever knelt to pray and had so many things on your mind? Did you get through to God that way? You can't. God won't accept it. Oh, Lord, here, I want your attention, and the best way to get his attention is for him to have your undivided attention. Pull the curtains around you. Get in your closet. Shut the world out, and you're fixing to get a hold of God. That's when a lot of times you begin to feel a little spirit move over you. And that makes it easy to pray. You've got his attention. But now, just because you felt God, and here's a tremendous mistake, both preachers and saints, and if you ever preach it on prayer, stress this point. Sometimes people kneel to pray just to feel God. And the minute they feel it, up they're going. Uh, he's not ready for it, at least. Somebody said, I needed to pray till I touched him, and I just touched him. Now I'm in a hurry. But really, you just then got to the place to pray. The old psalm says, pray until you pray, and then you can pray the clouds away. Pray until you touch God, and that now then. And that's no time to leave. God can be absorbed. Leave that thing plugged in. I've got an electric shaver that you just keep it plugged in. You can take a cord off and shave with it. But if it runs down... Then the only other thing to do is to plug it in and, and turn it on with cord and use it. But as soon as you unplug, there's no life there. And a lot of our power with God is just exactly the same way. We don't stay long enough to get charged. We just plug in quickly. Felt a little spark. Oops. Okay. Now I'm ready to go. I said I heard it again. I just want to be sure he's close around somewhere where I wasn't backsliding. So I felt a little touch. Now then I'm in a hurry. When you're missing, you're missing the entire program of prayer when you don't learn to get to the place when you feel him and get his attention. Now then start these other points. Step number two. And you pardon me if we have to go back over some of this. I may spend two or three nights on this one thing. If I can get this in, I can get it to you. I'll guarantee you that there will be some results in your brain and prayer will become more exciting to you. Guaranteed. Step number two, after you've got God's attention by Him getting your attention, by closing the world out, 
church, entering into your closet, pull the curtains around you, and now it's you and God, and the world is outside. Suddenly you feel an attitude come over you, and an atmosphere surrounds you. Now, God, what am I to tell you? What's my next approach to What's my next step, right? To really come into your presence and get some answers. If this step is overlooked, the whole framework is torn down. Oh, Lord, forgive. Notice the pause, the semicolon. Represents a pause. This man waited after he said that. He was in no hurry. People that are in a hurry cannot get things from God. I'm just contending that, that you cannot. You've got to slow down if you get things from God. Don't push it around that fast. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Can I touch God, really, scripturally, if I've got sin in my life? You believe you can? Impossible. Notice what Daniel said. While I was confessing my sins, and, and uh, he made mention of what some of those sins might be. We've not kept your covenant. Uh, we have not obeyed your commandments committed iniquity, we've done wickedly, we've departed from precepts, we haven't hearkened unto the servants, the prophets, by a saint, get all crossed up with a preacher, they just want to quit praying. God's going to go here. And yet you've got them that will almost brag about their hours of prayer and have all this crossed up in their life. Wasting time. And you've got to realize that that saint may be most valuable if they could be made to understand, my heart's got to be clean before you hear You cannot pray over unrepentant sins and expect God to hear That is not what it is. Oh Lord, forgive A repentant heart is the one that moves God the quickest. That person that's always justifying themselves, never sees their wrong, or God and just talk it all over with him and as though he heard them. Walked away, and yet that stuff's still down in there. All right, Brother Glasgow. I think he helps someone that has their opinion spirit, yet they feel like they never get forgiveness. All right, we're going to go into that, Brother Glasgow, just a little bit later. Uh, that's very, very vital point. As I told you, I had my little uh, deal that I somebody brought me from South America. This little fellow, have you ever seen him that was balanced on his tiptoes? I had him, somebody broke him. I was going to bring him in here and every once in a while tip him. Because every bit of this has got to have balance. Now, the person that comes to God and gets God's attention by singling their mind toward him must, by next step, search their hearts. But some folks stop right there and never go any further. And waste their hour doing nothing but saying, My God, I'm unworthy. All of this. And friend, you can tell God you're unworthy for a solid hour and thoroughly convince yourself you're unworthy and brainwash yourself until sure enough you believe you can't have it and sure enough you didn't get it. Just as much as you can overlook this step and not get your prayers through, you can hang up on that step and not get your prayers through. It grieves my God for you to consistently repent of the same thing. Now, if you've done it over again, naturally, don't repent. But you'd be surprised old faithful saints who are living on step number two. And it's you and I's job to, you, we've got to get them out of there. Got to do it. 
and there are scriptures you can help them with. And we will certainly want to go into those scriptures and dig them out. In fact, I'll tell you what I plan to do. I just plan to preach to you like you was, we was having revival. After I get some of these points over, I'm going to preach you some prayer sermons. If that will not be offensive to you. And give you some points on how to dig them out of step number two. How to teach them intercession. I mean, there may be 40 sermons on intercession. If one don't work, God will use another. But we need to learn. They need to be there available to us. For the Spirit to anoint us and use us. You cannot imagine, really, how valuable some of this is. When you get about a half a church, I went to one place where from the pastor's wife on down, every altar call, all of them came to the altar. There wasn't any room for the sinner. First place, there wasn't any conviction on the sinner because the saints absorbed it. I had to get up, mind you, one night and say, look, no more. Seemed like they were relieved. Uh, really, they wanted to hear it, but they're scared not to come on back. But really, that's, I had to do that. I didn't do it unkindly, but I said, look, explain why. Uh, you're filling this old. Sooner see you come here and say, what's the use of me going? Every night I see the same bunch down there, and it's the whole church, pastor's wife included. That spirit can lodge in a church and destroy it. On the other hand, the unrepentant spirit can lodge and destroy it. And everybody say amen and wave your right hand just a bit. These long hours, some of you boys getting real sick. Let's stand up and praise the Lord for this Just a few more points for tonight, and then we're going to make a thorough study of what we have just reviewed tonight. After we've searched our hearts, and we don't have to do that all night. Now, I might make it clear that you cannot always just tell God you're sorry and get forgiveness. If I wrong you, I've got to come to you or God won't forgive me. That's a secret people needs to learn, but it's hard for them. You can retain my sin. If I wrong Brother Gary, and I go to pray, and I say, God, I, I've done that old boy wrong. Forgive me for him. Yeah, but what about him? And maybe the ones that talk to against him. What about them? I just believe in old-fashioned restitution. I believe I owe you an apology if I've done you wrong. And I don't believe I can slip off in the corner and say, God, I'm, I, whoop, I apologize for that. I won't do that more. And that poor man, he doesn't know. All he knows is I still dislike him. You, you're fixing to hang up. You're not going to get no prayers. The Bible specifically teaches that there are certain things that will hinder your prayers. Definitely. Even in the home life, the Bible teaches that there are problems between husband and wife. That if they get all crossed up and go to pray, God won't hear them. The domestic problems around the home will actually hinder prayers from getting through to God. And saints need to know that. Sometimes these big old bully men think they come in and all but cuss their wife out. 
and still go to the prayer room and just touch God, they can't do no such of a thing. Vice versa, they can't do it. You see, I've got to treat that wife of mine as a saint. She's my sister in the Lord, besides being a wife. I can't mistreat her and get by God. I can't walk to this pool and know that I have spoken sharply to her without apologizing. And I don't believe that's being too sensitive. When you get to the point that that's too much trouble, you're fixing to sear your conscience. Write this statement down right here in big, bold letters before we go any further. Self-justification is the first steps toward a reprobate mind. You go to justifying yourself on points. First thing you know, you can't do anything wrong. That is, to you it's not wrong. So without question, we must search our hearts. But please, recognize that one time, if you cleared it with man or needed it, that was it. Oh, he's so willing to do that. So if you just say, my Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. Did you know what he just did? He just forgave. That was it. Don't mention it at the moment. But sometimes you feel that guilt, the devil can bring guilt on you as though you had already seen. I have felt guilt when I didn't even know what was guilt. This may be a good point for you if you can't remember it, write it down. If you feel guilt and you don't ever know what you're guilty over, it was the devil gave you that guilt. Now when God condemns you, he shows you the reason he condemns you. He's fair. But the devil will just load you down and make you feel so guilty. Why I lived the first three years of my Christian experience was the most miserable. If I'd have known it before I got the Holy Ghost, I don't know if I'd even got it enough. Terrible. I'd lost my mind because I did not know that the devil could give me a guilty feeling. He is the accuser of the And he, he could give me that feeling and me not have done one thing. Man, I felt like I'd robbed the First National Bank. And here I am saying, my God, forgive me. My mother said, son, what have you done? I don't know. Well, that's a true sign that it's the devil giving me that. I had to learn that. Or I lost my mind. Now, when God starts dealing with you, the first thing he'll do is point to it. What's wrong? There it is. And this is why you feel bad. That's how you can tell the difference. And if you learn that, your faith will be built up. Because a lot of times... You're feeling bad physically. The devil can come in on you spiritually and make you feel condemned. Did you know that when you're nervous? I've had nerve problems. And early in the morning is a bad time for nerves, or it was for me. And I'd wake up, brother, I'd go to thinking. I'd bound to committed some horrible crime. A man couldn't feel this guilty and not have done something very bad. I tell you, early in the morning is no time to judge your spirituality. Wait till you wake up for a while before you even repent of anything. You'll feel better. <laughs> and a lot of times when you're sick or nervous, the devil takes advantage of that and will give you certain feelings. We'll get back to that more thoroughly and some sermon, messages, some examples to try to counteract that in saints. Can you see why you need to counteract it? Right. Here's a saint living, I mean, sensitive conscience to begin with. And that's the one the devil takes advantage of. And there could be mighty powerhouses, but here they're sitting, my God, I'm so unworthy, I've done wrong, and I feel so guilty, and they don't know what they're feeling guilty about. And now they go to pray and ask God for a revival. How can they ask for one when they feel like they are just got through unloading the first national nice thing? 
So the value of releasing them from that oppression, you cannot imagine the value of it to your revival or to your church if uh, you can get them released and their faith built up in God's mercies. You know, we have a problem as apostolics. We just draw lines and then we've got to do it. We've got to say, that's wrong. If you do that, you'll be lost. You can't do that and be saved. And first thing you know, everybody's looking, my Lord, I've done that. Oh, Lord, I've done this. And we get them so sin conscious, which they need to be. But on the other hand, you better every once in a while come along with your message on God's mercies and forgiveness. Or you'll get them so overbalanced till they'll never get beyond step number two. And now and then you tell them God said he'd forgive them. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, which is a perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the whole world. He can take care of every sin in the world immediately at one time. Surely he can handle our little problem. Step number three, hearken. I've got my heart clean. I believe it's clean. I trusted his mercies. If I did sin, I straightened it out and believed he forgave me. Now then, it's time to start asking for something. Now, Lord, not only do I get your attention, but hearken to me now. And then do something. Oh, is this a point that's so thoroughly overlooked and yet so simple? And defer not. Don't wait. Do it now. Okay. We're going to get into the depth of it tomorrow night. The Lord really goes through the details of all of this again. You see, the reason I've got it outlined like this is all of these points are interwoven into this. There's a direct connection between step number four and your prayer life intercession. Direct connection. When you start saying, God, do something. I imagine Brother Davis could uh, demonstrate this. He's heard me teach it so many times. Oh, Lord, do you. Well, what in the world does that mean? Well, I'll tell you one thing it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean stay there on your knees and say, my God. I'm going to pray my hour today. Oh, Lord. Sometimes they get a little music. Jesus. And sometimes I just say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know what you're doing. You're not praying. You're thinking. So you can say all of that and think about cows, horses, cars. Oh, God. Brother, you can say that for 30 minutes. And grease cars and change tires. Oh, God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> You're not a person. You can do that and not even know that you do it. You realize, since I'm so sensitive to it, I watch it carefully. And you would be surprised how many and claim they prayed an hour. Didn't pray five minutes. God didn't hear a thing. It's simple. Just, Brother Lawrence says, just, 
And you answer me back, what do you want by the up and tell it where to go. He taught in his prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Pinpoint this day. You know what? Here's our prayer. Lord, who's what? Who's the house? Oh, Brother Bean, he knew what I was thinking about. Sure, he knew what you needed before you ever knelt down there. But don't forget, he won't do a thing about it to you then. My God, stir, stir, stir. Stir the power of the king. What you want? Brother Bean, that's too technical. No, it's not. The book said bring words. It said say to this mountain. It said say to this tree, give us this day. General prayers will never be answered. Forget it. Because they require no faith. And faith is the necessary element for you to get your prayer. If I say, oh God, save. Save? Okay. I'm able to do that. Take your blank check to the bank, would you? And write up there on the top and say uh, where it says date, anytime. Pay to the order of any old body. Amount, any old amount. See if you can it. Now, God is a mind reader. He sees our thoughts are far off, but I'm contending that he does not answer till we pray. And this is the reason that so many hours are spent and no results. We didn't ask for anything. Stir. Move. Save. Help, Lord. Brother, when you get down and say, God save Jim Brown tonight, <laughs> you're going to have faith or you're not asking for that. Example in the revival in Philadelphia, I heard him call a man's name was Stephen, 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 Stephen. Every morning prayer, I mean, pray for Stephen. Sure, fine, that's fine, but whatever happened, nothing. Pray, Lord, take his appetite away so he just could eat for a few days. Or take his sleep away so he's a little restless. Why he never comes. So one morning I got up, I said, I've heard Stephen's all I want to hear. Now this is what we're going to pray. God brings Stephen's to church tonight. Fill Stephen's with the Holy Ghost tonight. Bring one new words. Pinpoint. Do something and don't defer. We sing to the center if you want the Holy Ghost, tell him what you want. And then we say, Oh God, stir. Wasting your time. It'd be better you'd be mowing the lawn, washing the car. That's right. I'm not joking. Scripture. Well, the man had never been to the revival, but who do you think came that night? Who do you believe came? Well, you better believe he did. 
Oh, you read King Lohan. All for that. Thank you. Oh, you read and talked in tongues that night. The God star. Say, hell, If we can get that far. Mostly it's just a Paul and his name for a solid doubt. That's when that young man learns that God ever gets nervous, I imagine he does in prayer. Paul and his name for a solid hour never said Jesus. Now, if you're saying thank you, Jesus, that's all right. You know, at least you're praising him. You've got purpose in that. But if you're going to pray at all, let's put some words. Because words require faith. All right? I personally believe that. He had the power of resurrection. And if he had just said, Come forth, my Lord, everything that would have ever died would have stood up there. But God understands this, and he wants us to understand it if we be effectual, fervent, and effective in our prayer life. And this needs to be taught to our saints. It needs to be taught to our people. Because they're wasting hours that God doesn't pay one ounce of attention to. Say, Brother Bean, I believe he honors them just kneeling down there. You can believe that if you want to. I believe he just sees them on their knees. I believe for me to get God's attention and get him the results, for they to come to God must first believe that he is and he's a reward of them to diligently seek him. And without faith it's impossible to please him. And general prayers require no faith. Therefore, they are not heard. I don't want to get you weary the first night. Thank you for your kindness and your time. We'll dig a little deeper. Tell you what I would like for you to do in your spare time. <laughs> spare time. <laughs> Brother Troy wants to know when that is. Oh, I'm letting you out at 9 o'clock. You got it. I'll tell you what I wish you would do, boys. I wish you would hit the bed early these next two weeks before you can be fresh, fresher and possible in these classes. But if you're tired, you miss them. And then we need you in the morning prayer to put into effect what we learned for so a lot of you are running around. Try to eliminate it. In fact, I'd say most of it is unnecessary. And hit the bed and get you some good rest. But what I was going to say in your spare time, if you would, even just before you go to bed for a few minutes, try to find as many scriptures on prayer as you can and just read them. You think to write them down fine, but just read them on prayer. Think of a scripture that comes to you, mark it in your Bible, because we may call on it and need it before this two weeks. Try to find all the scriptures on your prayer. I feel like if you get your mind acquainted with some of them, it'll help us. All right, you just heard the second side of the first part. Let me know what you thought and share it with somebody else. Hope that it was a blessing to you. And again, go purchase Verbal Bean Prayer by Dr. Johnny King. It's the complete, unabridged, in-order 
transcript of these teachings along with some really good commentary. Tremendous book that you should definitely add to your library. Okay, God bless.